Welcome to the Naked Truth. Peace to you and happy 420. Uh, let's begin where we left, left, left off in the book of Leviticus. It's chapter 11. That's the third book in the Old Testament of the Bible, just in case uh, it's your first time reading with me. And um, that means also it won't be any red letters today. It's Wednesday. So here we go. We're going to begin with Leviticus chapter 11, verse 1. Now the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron, saying to them. So like I've said in the, again and again in these readings, and this chapter is actually an excellent example of this, where you're going to have to decide what it is you want to believe. If, you really, if you're a person who believes that the whole Bible is true and it's all about one God and it's a monotheistic uh, a, a document that all points to one God, then that's unchanging and the same yesterday, today, and forever, and all of that. If you really believe that, then you're going to have a challenge in this chapter because there's all sorts of things that contradict other parts of the Bible, uh, and it's mostly based on the so-called food food laws and things that are forbidden and permitted to eat. And you'll see uh, for yourself, there's contradiction in this chapter like no other. So the beginning with the fact that it says the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron and that, like I've said before, according to the New Testament, no one has seen God at any time. And Jesus says himself that they've not seen, heard God's voice or seen his form. So how in the world is it that uh, and both of those can be true. That can't possibly be true that no one has seen God at any time or heard his voice. And yet you see here two people, uh, supposedly are hearing God and getting um, God speaking directly with them. So keep that in mind. Verse two, speak to the children of Israel saying, these are the animals which you may eat among all the animals that are on the earth. So now you see here more contradictions where that are about to begin with the so-called clean and unclean animals that can be eaten. And it's a contradiction because this isn't the first time food laws have been laid out for people in the Bible. Uh, and this is only the third book of the Bible, but in the very first book, in the very first chapter of the book Bible, Genesis, that is chapter one, you can see there that a diet that would be called in modern terms, a vegetarian diet is what's prescribed for people. And yet you see how here now it's talking about specific animals that people can eat. And between here now on in this chapter and Genesis, that first chapter that we just talked about, yet another uh, edict is issued for people of what they can eat and of what we can eat and what's permissible. So it's obvious that either this is not all talking about the same entity as the Lord or the Lord changes. It seems clear if you're going to say it can't be both. They're mutually exclusive. So you have to decide. And like I said again and again, um, that's why we focus on what's what Jesus has to say is I self-identify as a Christian. And what Jesus has to say is in only one tenth, a tithe, six books of the 60 plus books of the Bible. Now it's Wednesday, like I said, so that's why we're in the Old Testament. But we focus on those red letters, the things Jesus had to say on uh, our Saturday reading. So just keep that in mind as you read through the Old Testament, but as we read through this chapter here today. So now he, the Lord, and that's what I'll just say, since that's what it says, is giving a message to Moses and Aaron to pass on to the people. Verse 3, among the animals, whatever divides the hoof, having cloven hooves and chewing the cud, that you may eat. So it's basically any animal like a cow 
that has uh, that sp- particular shape in its hoof, not like a horse, but like a cow, um, but also chewing the cud. That's like, if I understand it correctly, it's um, for ruminants. They're animals that have more than one stomach. They sort of chew it, chew their food, and they swallow it one time. Then they spit it back up again, or and it gets reprocessed, chewed again, and digested that second time. And um, it, that's why, and it even has the more than one stomach to help in these processes. So if they do that, they're apparently permissible to eat. Um, why the Lord would be so obsessed with what people are eating is not real clear, especially after previously they were only supposed to be eating vegetables, uh, herbs. Verse 4, nevertheless, these you shall not eat among those that chew the cud or those that have cloven hooves. The camel, because it chews the cud but does not have cloven hooves, is unclean to you. So for that reason, camels are forbidden to be eaten. Um, according to this religious doctrine, again, that differs from what was laid out previously uh, more than once also in the Bible before now. So if you're a person who believes that things are truest to their uh, closer to closer to the point of origin that they are, then you can't possibly embrace these and over the vegetarian diet that was laid out at the very beginning in Genesis chapter one. Uh, I mean, if you do, then that shows you the power of religion. People will pick and choose what it is they want to believe. But this is all in the Old Testament. Uh, If you're a Christian, Jesus lets us know about food there, that life is more than food. The body is more than clothing. There's nothing that enters a man from outside which can defile him. So how does that line up with with these different regulations? Because there's a whole bunch of different animals here. Let's keep reading. That are forbidden. Um, besides the camel. Verse 5, the rock hyrax, because it chews the cud, but does not have cloven hooves, is unclean to you. I don't know what kind of animal that is, but it sounds like some kind of mountainous varmint that you might find out in a prairie somewhere. But you could obviously look it up and see for yourself. The hare, which, because it chews the cud, but does not have cloven hooves, is unclean to you. So actually, I guess rabbits are, that's what a hare is, are actually also considered unclean. So, again, I don't know how these uh, right-wing people, Bible thumpers in America, get away with it, saying you, you're supposed to do the whole Bible, and yet they eat things like these. And this is just some of the exotic stuff. The more common thing happens here, chat verse 7. And the swine, though it divides the hoof, having cloven hooves, yet does not chew the cud is unclean to you. So the swine is a pig, that's pork, that's bacon, that's ribs, that's all kinds of delicious things that are forbidden, they're off limits according to this passage. So again, how do your Bibles, how do your Bible thumpers make sense of this? Generally, they make sense of it by saying, oh, all things are clean now because of some passage in the New Testament that Jesus didn't say that someone else in their religion experienced or says and they use that to make it clean namely when peter uh supposedly has his um uh divine moment with some supernatural entity that tells him to eat all sorts of different things with the it's in the book of acts if i remember right but none of that is red letter either either and jesus also interacted with peter so if that was a message that jesus had for peter wouldn't jesus have given it when he was walking the earth 
uh, before the crucifixion or even after the resurrection. And yet that is embraced by lots of different religious people as uh, their doctrine as basically gospel to them, even though Jesus didn't say it. And uh, it doesn't agree with what we're reading here, which happened before that episode in the book of Acts. Uh, so again, people will cherry pick what they want to. And if you're going to do that, I suggest if you're a Christian, cherry pick what's read, what Jesus actually says. Otherwise, all these other things may be valid, but they're valid for some other religion, possibly even some other entity, almost certainly some other God, because it's not what Jesus says. And if you're a Christian, again, go by what Jesus says as a rule of thumb. Um, so according to that verse, that's why pork is unclean and, uh, you know, not for you to eat either. Verse eight, their flesh, you shall not eat and their carcasses, you shall not touch. They are unclean to you. So if that's the case, even a football would be considered unclean. Remember, it's called a pigskin for a reason. And that's because like originally a pig's skin or hide was used to make it. Just like you would use a cow's skin to make coats and things. That's where leather comes from. So presumably that would also be unclean for you to even touch it. And some religions still stick to this, but a whole lot of people in all sorts of different religions overlook lots of these different things in favor of whatever it is they choose to indulge in. Verse 9, these you may eat. So that also one last thing about the carcass. That means you can't even work in a factory, uh, manufacture, uh, 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 what's the place called? A processing plant handling those sorts of meats. If you're going to be abiding by these laid out rules. Verse 9, these you may eat of all that are in the water. Whatever in the water that in the water has fins and scales, whether in the seas or in the rivers that you may eat. So now it's going to move on to aquatic life of what swimming around in the waters that you may eat and may not eat. Again, all of this is very, very um, uh, detailed for to be coming from the Lord when uh, it's not the same message you got from the Lord at the very beginning. Verse 10, but in all the seas or in the rivers. So, oh, so the thing about things in the waters, if it has scales and fins, you can eat it. So that would exclude all sorts of lobster, crab, uh, all sorts of shellfish. All of that's forbidden because it doesn't have fins and scales. At least if you go by that verse, let's keep reading. Verse 10, but all in the seas or in the rivers that do not have fins and scales, all that move in the water or any living thing which is in the water, they are an abomination to you. So yeah, they're an abomination. So if they're alive in the water and they don't have skins and uh, fins and scales, it's abominable to eat them. It's forbidden. It's haram, as the uh, as another religion would say. So that means the lobster, the crabs, all those delicious things, they're off limits because they don't fit the mold of what you can eat. But also, there's all sorts of fish that also fit that um, uh, description. So they'd also be considered unclean and abomination and off limits. Verse 10, but all in the seas or in the rivers that do not have, oh, sorry, read that. Verse 11, they shall be an abomination to you. You shall not eat their flesh, but you shall regard their carcasses as an abomination. So again, not only can you not eat it, you're not even supposed to touch it or get near it because it's an abomination. Same thing with pork. 
And yet you see religious organizations, particularly in America, thumping their Bibles and protesting things about um, same-sex rights, abortions, and CRT. They'll get all in uproar about all that stuff when, according to this, they should be outside of the seafood restaurants clowning them. That's where their attention should be if they're going to actually open up the Bible and read it. They should be upset that people are being served abominations and uh, working around abominations and touching abominations. And yet they aren't. They aren't because, one, they're hypocrites. And two, they don't want people to actually open their eyes and see what the um, Jesus actually says. Instead, they'll keep you enthralled and emptying your pockets to some BS they cook up. Verse 12, whatever in the water does not have fins or scales, that shall be an abomination to you. So that also includes shrimp, mussels, all sorts of all sorts of delicious things, oysters, all of that are abominations. All of those are abominations. So that means you're not supposed to touch them, be near them, or eat them. Verse 13, and these you shall regard as an abomination among the birds. They shall not be eaten. They are an abomination. The eagle, the vulture, the buzzard. So those sorts of different birds that are... Um, so it's moved on to poultry and um, flying creatures that you can't, can and can't eat. And among those include the, the... What do they call them? Scavengers, vultures, and buzzards. But also eagles. Um, I guess those aren't really necessarily scavengers. They're probably predator birds. Verse 14, the kite and the falcon after its kind, sort of like the eagle then, predators and scavengers, every raven after its kind, not sure why the raven would be excluded unless it's just because they're black, <laughs> like how black people get excluded, but they're included in the list too. The ostrich, the short-eared owl, the seagull, and the hawk after its kind, so all sorts of different creatures. I'm guilty of eating the ostrich. Ostrich burger, burgers are delicious, at least the ones at Fudge Ruckers. Um, notice the chicken isn't mentioned here. Um, so I guess it gets a pass. The little owl, the fisher owl, and the screech owl. I'd be ashamed to be eating the beautiful, unique owls for food. But I guess if you're hungry, you got to eat what you got to eat. The white owl, the jackdaw, and the carrion vulture, so more creatures that birds that hunt and kill and eat are off the list. They're not supposed to be eaten themselves, it says. The, the 19, the stork, the heron after its kind, the hoopoe, and the bat. So eating bats, that means uh, what's going on in those wet markets would be off-limit and abomination also. Um, but it's not just happening there. Like I say, lots of cultures believe if it moves, you can eat it. And even the Bible itself, after that Genesis 1, um, Genesis chapter 1, telling us um, that uh, basically a vegetarian diet is what we're supposed to eat. Uh, after the flood, then the gates are open where it says you can eat anything that moves. So then that changed also now to this, where these only these things are allowed to be eaten. And so it lets you know. Either God is changes again and again and again, or it's religion. This religion that's cooking up the, this dogma, as they call it, as to what's supposed to be eaten and what's not to be eaten. Uh, but believe what you want. Verse 20, all flying insects that creep on all fours shall be an abomination to you. So now it's moved on to bugs and crawling things that you can and can't eat. 
So again, that may sound gross to you in some places, but in many parts of the world, if it moves or casts a shadow, it's it can be eaten. It's considered lunch. It's considered perfectly fine to eat. And that's probably because a lot of people live in desperation where they do have to eat whatever they can get hold of. And so in this case, now it's moved on to the insects. Verse 21, yet these you may eat of every flying insect that creeps on all fours, those which have jointed legs above their feet with which to leap on the earth. So now for whatever reason, for those reasons, it seems uh, the Lord is laying out that dietary restriction that it's okay, you can eat some creatures and insects and things that creep on the ground um but some of those you can't eat and if they have jointed legs and are uh, like a grasshopper i suppose or crickets those are fine to eat for why the lord would be so micromanaged or micro focused on things like this it doesn't make sense to me but it's what's being laid out for the people um, verse 22, these you may eat the locust after its kind, the destroying locust after its kind, the cricket after its kind, and the grasshopper after its kind. So those are, I don't know, cute in some ways. If you think Jiminy Cricket, that sort of thing, and they're not scary, like they're going to bite you or anything if you see them, but they really don't look all that appetizing, especially if you think about a grasshopper or a locust, and yet we know from the Gospels that's exactly what John the Baptist was eating uh, locusts and honey that was his diet so eating bugs is what he was doing uh, even though like I said in modern times people would turn their nose up at it in many parts of the world it's lunch to a whole lot of people verse 23 but all other flying insects which you have four feet shall be an abomination to you so letting us know other bugs are off limits verse 24 by these you shall become unclean whoever touches the carcass of any of them shall be unclean until evening so now it's saying if you even touch these this next group of animals then you're considered unclean but it says unclean until evening so that i think that's because evening marks the beginning of a new day in this religion i remember it was dark before there was let there be light there was already darkness. So it was already a nighttime already happening before the light of that first day, at least according to the narrative in the Bible, even according to science. Even though they can't really explain where all these things happen, they believe a big bang happened somewhere. And presumably it was dark before then. Then there was light of that big bang, that explosion, expansion of the universe. Um, which included light. So there was also darkness before light, even according to science. Um, now, how long? That's completely uh, up for debate, I would imagine, because how can you measure time as far as how long things were like that if you didn't have a sun to revolve around and measure seconds, minutes, days, and hours, and all of that stuff yet? So it'd be beyond my understanding of how you could possibly measure anything like time when you didn't even have anything to measure time by or gauge it by before then but um whatever the case may be now you're being told we're being told they're being told um that 
once that night falls, the, the uncleanness of the day passes away. At least that part of the uncleanness of touching this, these certain things. Verse 26, the carcass of any animal which divides the foot but is not cloven who hoofed or does not chew the cud is unclean to you. Everyone who touches it shall be unclean. So again, like a pig, if you touch a pork skin or pig skins or carcass, it's unclean. Verse 27, and whatever goes on its paws among all kinds of animals that go on all fours, those are unclean to you. Whoever touches any such carcass shall be unclean until evening. Paws makes me think of a dog. So if you see a dead dog and you touch its carcass, you're, you've become unclean at least until evening, until that next day starts. Verse 28, whoever carries any such carcass shall wash his clothes and be unclean until the evening. It is unclean to you. So again, even touching a dead animal uh, with, the four, with the paws like a dog makes you unclean according to this verse. And um, you're unclean until the evening. And you have that ritual of washing to be clean. Verse 29, these also should be unclean to you among the creeping things that creep on the earth. The mice, I'm sorry, the mole, the mouse, and the large lizard after its kind. So when it says a mole and a mouse, those are pretty clear. Those are more varmints that are unclean for you. Um, but also the large lizard. Could that large lizard be talking about dinosaurs? Could it be talking about alligators? Could it be talking about crocodiles? Could it be talking about geckos? It could be talking about... Any of those, I would imagine, since all of those are large lizards. And that's not to say that this was written around the time of the dinosaurs. But if you consider, there are remnants of the dinosaurs that survived, such as the shark or the alligator. Or, uh, then it's not that outrageous to think um, that it's including some of those animals. But whatever the case may be, the mouse also is on the list that you're, it's unclean. Um, uh, verse 30, the gecko, the monitor lizard, the sand reptile, the sand lizard, and the chameleons, all sorts of different creatures that I wouldn't even want to get in here. Um, lizards and stuff are also considered unclean for the eating or even the touching of their carcasses, that is, their dead bodies. Verse 31, these are unclean to you among all that creep. Whoever touches them when they are dead shall be unclean until evening so even touching the dead bodies of those different types of lizards makes the person who touched them unclean as far as the religion goes and if you're unclean you can't go near any of the holy things i think is the point if you're a priest and you touch them and you can't handle any of the holy things that go with your duty if you're a person and you're unclean or become unclean and want to get clean um you can't go near any of the holy um, articles either, which you probably couldn't go near anyway, but I'm guessing it means like the tabernacle and stuff. You can't really go near that either because you're unclean. And I imagine there's a regimen or, um, a prescription for what it is you can do to make yourself clean. And it generally, at least according to what we've read so far involves, uh, uh, animal sacrifice to make up for it, to atone for it. Verse 32 Anything on which any of them falls when they are dead shall be unclean, whether it is 
any item of wood or clothing or skin or sack, whatever item it is in which any work is done, it must be put in water and it shall be unclean until evening. Then it shall be clean. So if a dead lizard, for instance, falls on your uh, work plate workspace you have to clean that workspace ritually because it has become become unclean by the dead animal's carcass touching it and again all of this is not what jesus says jesus says there's nothing that enters a man from outside which can defile him and defile means make you unclean so touching any of these things has nothing to do with the cleaning cleanliness or condition of your soul the things that make you unclean are the things that come up out of you the um the evil thoughts and all those sort of things that people do and think and are made up of those are what make you unclean but all of this stuff it doesn't even match with what jesus tells us makes you unclean but you're free to believe it if you want to verse 33 any earthen vessel into which any of them falls you shall break and whatever is in it shall be unclean so if you find a dead lizard in your potted plant outside you have to break the 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 vessel because it's become unclean by the dead lizard that touched it came in contact with it verse 34 in such a vessel any edible food upon which water falls becomes unclean and any drink that may be drunk from it becomes unclean so if it's a cup or something uh, or your plate and the same thing happens uh the dead creature somehow comes in contact with it all of the above become unclean because it came in contact with the dead animal verse 35 and any everything on which a part of any such carcass falls shall be unclean whether it is an oven or cooking stove it shall be broken down for they are unclean and shall be unclean to you so imagine that if 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 um the carcass of uh, your pork that you're going to eat comes in contact with your oven which you cook with then you, that stove is no longer clean to you it has to be broken down and you know people are not doing that generally speaking around the world now obviously some religions do stick to that very strictly but generally speaking in america that's supposedly a a christian nation and uh bible thumping uh people don't follow any of that stuff they have barbecue joints all over the place and at those barbecue joints pig is served pork is served so all of that is according to this unclean verse 36 nevertheless a spring or cistern in which there is plenty of water shall be clean but whatever touches any carcass becomes unclean so if the animal ends up in your well water somehow by accident a dead lizard in your well water then it's okay the well is still clean uh, because there's plenty of water in it and it's it's okay um, but if you still touch that animal to get it out of the well then you become unclean does that make sense to you verse 30 that this is what the lord is focused on uh, that has a whole universe to observe and interact with verse 37 in and if a part of any such carcass falls on any planting seed which is to be sown it remains clean so got to protect the investment of the seeds the seeds that are um going to fall into the ground and die anyway i suppose it doesn't matter if they um um uh, come in contact with those carcasses because they still get to remain clean you could still use them but if you think about that in the natural sense of what 
Jesus says, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it does die, it produces much grain. And he said that in the context of that's sort of what his mission was going to do. Complete. It was going to be him falling into the ground, uh, falling to death with the crucifixion. But then in his resurrection, uh, bearing much fruit by having all many multitudes of people follow him Um, since then. So if the body falls into the ground, generally speaking, and dies anyway, why would that make it unclean to come in contact with any of that? And I guess technically that's where Christianity Christianity fulfills it. But if you're going by this, in the Old Testament here, what we're reading here, the um, if it, if the lizard, for instance, or the dead mole or bat comes in contact with contact with the seed you're gonna plant, then it's okay. The seed still gets to be used. It's still considered clean. It almost sounds like an industrial loophole to make sure that the money, the product, the capital isn't wasted. Uh, verse 38, but if water is put on the seed and if a part of any such carcass falls on it, it becomes unclean to you. So that means to you specifically, you can't eat it. You may still, I guess, other people who don't consider it unclean can still take part in it. Uh, in the fruit of that seed, they came in contact with the dead carcass. Um, but for you specifically, you can't eat it. So maybe he's directing this directly, uh, or or maybe this is all being directed at Aaron specifically, Aaron Moses and the priesthood specifically, but it doesn't really sound that way. It sounds like it's for all of the people that they have to abide by these rules also. Verse 39, and if any animal which you may eat dies, he who touches its carcass shall be unclean until evening. So, in that case, if even a cow that you're going to get a side of beef from or some steaks from or the chicken dies and it says dies, I wonder if it means it doesn't specify naturally. So if you wring it by its neck or you're the one who slaughters it, it's still dying, um, but not by natural means, but I, it doesn't really specify. So maybe no matter what the case you become unclean by touching it. So the butcher is unclean. Uh, any, I guess, neighborhood butcher that's handling any of those dead meats is unclean until they get home uh, that evening and can bathe and, you know, fulfill the rest of the rituals. Uh, it really, really doesn't make much sense. Uh, except for that maybe it's so that the people who are getting these rules can walk that line or at least try to tow it all the way up until the time that Jesus does come to sort of keep things uh, societally clean as far as viruses and disease spreading and plagues hitting the people because they'll be avoiding some of the different um, infections and germs that can pop up when you don't uh, handle certain things in a sanitary way like the animal carcasses and the blood of them and all of that so maybe possibly that's why all of this is being laid out to sort of prepare the way to still be safe for Jesus's coming but as far as religion goes it doesn't make any sense um uh if you consider how America is to say it's a God-fearing Bible-thumping nation but then be breaking all these different rules um let's see but still be on the back of LGBT people and still be okay with sports that have uh, 
uh, teams with no black owners, but plenty of black players and still be okay with black, black people getting their necks, getting leaned on and killed their houses being busted into and killed in their own beds, but still look the other way when police do nothing as the capital is attacked, uh, do nothing like those same reactions. And like I said before, that should be where the bar is set. If the police can endure all of that stuff they endured on January 6th and not just open fire and start killing people and uh, resulting, uh, resorting to uh, lethal methods during that, then that should be the bar for all of law enforcement from sea to shining sea when they interact with anyone black or non-white. Then all of that that happened on January 6th shouldn't be able to happen to them before they pull the trigger even once if they can endure all of that January 6th and not be terrified for their lives. Yet, you see, that's not the case because, like I said, they'll bust into black people's houses and murder them for nothing. And get away with it. Face no charges. Have the community who pays them their salaries turn around and also pay the settlements for the lawsuits and still also pay for those retirements of those officers who, uh, what do they say, violated their oaths to um, when they took the jobs. It just makes no sense at all. It's really, really sick. But it's what they this society does and it's the same thing laid out here with these food laws and um restrictions they'll say they're all about what's in the bible but ignore what's in the bible altogether old testament and new um so anyway let's keep reading um so even touching the carcass again makes you unclean verse 40 he who eats of its carcass shall wash his clothes and be unclean until evening. He also who carries its carcass shall wash his clothes and be unclean until evening. So the fact that they're even coming in contact with the dead animal, the carcass of the animal, makes them unclean until evening. If they eat it, they still are unclean until evening. It, it just doesn't make much sense then. Because you're going to eat something, what are you supposed to eat then? And if you're I don't know if it's unclean to even touch it and unclean to eat it then why are they still eating it and just get to be unclean until evening and what does washing your clothes have to do with it verse 41 and every creeping thing that creeps on the earth shall be an abomination it shall not be eaten so it says the creeping things now so it's moving on to things like I guess more moles and rats and stuff let's see verse 42 uh, whatever crawls on its belly, whatever goes on all fours, or whatever has many feet among all creeping things that creep on the earth, these you shall not eat, for they are an abomination. So it's, it's apparently it's talking about snakes and and slugs and all kinds of things like that that uh, you're not going to eat either. It says, or you're not supposed to. And yet again. Uh, those are delicacies, not just in America, but in lots of different parts of the world that claim to be, again, living by the Old Testament and the New, with the unchanging God and all of that nonsense. Verse 43, you shall not make yourselves abominable with, abominable with any creeping thing that creeps, nor shall you make yourselves unclean with them, lest you be defiled by them. So it's saying you can be defiled even by, uh, we know, by touching the carcasses of them uh, much less eating them but it's saying again it's an abomination to eat them to touch them to come in contact with them verse 44 for i'm the lord your god you shall therefore 
Consecrate yourselves, and you shall be holy, for I am holy, for I am holy. Neither shall you defile yourselves with any creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So, it, uh, this verse is saying, well, just like the Lord God is holy, and Lord, Lord is being translated from the word Jehovah here, and God is being translated from the word Elohim. And as always, forgive me on the pronunciation of any of these. But it, it's saying that so if you're going to be obedient to uh, to the Lord, Jehovah, who's giving all these orders to you, uh, who you believe is holy, then you need to also be holy. And in that sense, avoid eating and handling, coming in contact with all these different sorts of creatures and animals um, for food or otherwise. Let's see. Um Verse 45, for I'm the Lord who brings you up out of the land of Egypt to be your God. You shall therefore be holy, for I am holy. So now the entity here is uh, affirming that it's the same entity that freed them from slavery in Egypt when they were in Africa there. And the people were there for 400 plus years, though they were probably not slaves that whole time, enslaved that whole time. Um, when they were rescued, they were slaves. And when they were rescued, after they were rescued, between this chapter we're reading now and the time when they were rescued in the book of Exodus, the previous book of the Bible, they also were given rules on how to enslave people. So does that make sense that that's the Lord God Almighty who's giving these different, uh, laying down these different rules? It just doesn't make sense that it would be God Almighty saying these things, but it's um, it's what the narrative says so we're just going to keep reading verse 46 this is the law of the animals and the birds and every living creature that moves in the waters and of every creature that creeps on the earth so it's going um, uh, reiterating that that's the law for handling the different animals and seafood of what can be eaten and what should be avoided and what's considered abominable Verse 47, to distinguish between the unclean and the clean, and between the animal that may be eaten and the animal that may not be eaten. So it's saying that's how you can tell what you can eat from the water or from the land. What do they say? From surf and turf. That lets you know what's permissible and what's forbidden. And so it's more food laws for you to follow if you're, gonna, if you're a Bible thumper and believe that the whole Bible is for you to be trying to follow. Um, good luck. Um, but that actually ends this reading. I appreciate you checking it out with me, as always, and hope it is a blessing for you. You can hear past readings on this platform, Spotify and Anchor, or while you're, um, if you're an adult, you can hear them on my platform, HungTGirl.com. You can click on the links there, Body, Mind, Spirit, and Soul, and see how the Naked Truth, how Red Letter Christianity, and how... Um, all these uh, in the Old Testament here that's not red letter all play out in my pathways in life. You can um, click on the videos, click on the pictures there. They're free videos. And um, feel free to get to know me better and join me again. We do these Old Testament readings, like I said, on, Mat on Mondays and Wednesdays and the New Testament on our Saturday readings. So stay safe. Enjoy. God bless you. And thanks again. Peace be with you. And I'll see you next time. Thanks.